0: Thank you. This is the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Dave. The mayor of New York City, the greatest city in the world, has a podcast. The only person listening to it is a dog walker in Queens named Dave. If you're new, welcome. There's more explaining done of this whole thing in the first episode. I'd personally recommend listening through from the beginning of this podcast and not listening to the mayor's podcast at all, but you should do what works for you, of course. Today, I'm talking about the eighth episode of Mayor Eric Adams' podcast, the Get Stuff Done cast, titled S1EO8, Tacos, a VW Bus, and a Dream. The story of Takombe founder Dario Wallos, released May 10th, 2023. Um, apologies again if you hear any uh, radiator noise in the background. Uh, it's just, it's that time of year, there's not a whole lot I can do about it, unfortunately. Now, quick word of warning, at the end of this episode, during the section where I talk about what the mayor was up to during the time between the last episode and this one, I talk uh, about the killing of Jordan Neely by Daniel Penny, uh, which occurred on May 1st, and which the mayor had a lot of really just brain-rotted things to say about uh I do go into some detail about the killing and talk at length about it. So if that's not something you want to hear about, please don't feel any obligation to listen. I'll let you know when I'm about to start talking about it. At any rate, the mayor dives in, introducing Dario Wolos, his friend, whose factory the mayor recently toured. Uh, I just want to step back at this point and recognize that in the mayor's telling on this podcast, a lot of his time seems to be spent just going to places of business that are owned by friends, old and new. And that seems fine, except that this is a podcast theoretically about getting stuff done, not visiting pals. And also the mayor's administration seems to have actually accomplished very little, and maybe this gets at part of the problem. For what it's worth, the mayor reports that the workers at the factory seem happy and the environment is clean. The mayor asked Dario his uh, for his life story, which he gamely provides. Born in Corning, New York, to two people who'd met in Mexico. His mother's Mexican. His father was born in Paris. That's the son of Ukraine, refugees from World War II. They moved to Mexico so his father could work for Corning Glassworks. Corning Glassworks is headquartered in upstate New York in Corning, which I've been to. It's very nice. I ran a half marathon up there, and glass is enough of a thing that, uh, in the local community that the metal was made of glass, which is cool. Always nice to get a race medal that's a, a little different than the other ones uh, for your collection. Uh, anyway, his parents relocated to Corning when his dad was promoted. His mother cooked Mexican food and used the language of food to communicate with her new neighbors. The mayor jumps on this to promote his breaking bread, building bonds program of having people have a thousand meals in the city to talk with each other. It's come up before on this podcast and I don't have any more to say about it now than I did the last time he mentioned it. Dario jumps around a bit, but that's what happens when somebody interviewing you asks you essentially tell me everything that ever happened to you. Seems that he wound up opening up a taco place in Mexico, and then decided to open more outposts of the brand to Combi in NYC. At this point, I googled because the word brand got said a lot here, and well, you know, he's not quite at Chipotle levels of ubiquity, but he's got a bunch of locations in NYC, Florida, Jersey, Miami, Chicago, Virginia, etc., with very recognizable design aesthetic and pretty good reviews on Yelp. Dario says that in Mexico he couldn't really gain traction. He was just another taco stand trying to sell Mexican food to Mexican people. Also, and this is a stunningly honest admission, he says that a lot of the taco stands in Mexico were simply better than his. But he learned about a lot about hospitality in Mexico. So he put his stand on a boat, since he didn't have the money to buy a new stand in America, floated it to New York, and then drove it up to NYC. After working out of the stand for a year, he found a guy who rented him a space on Elizabeth Street, and now he has 11 locations in NYC. I'm not really editing his story much here. That's how he told it. Googling leads me to the information that at some point Danny Mayer invested a bunch of money in the concept. His locations started making their own tortillas, and then Whole Foods came knocking, so he opened a warehouse location that makes tortillas that I think, is the factory Adams mentioned at the top. So now his tortillas are in grocery stores and restaurants in 40 states and sold online. Research indicates they're reviewed positively as well. They talk about how wonderful Mexico is, how wonderful the Mexican community in NYC is, and how the mayor encourages everyone to bring the love of their country to NYC. And again, we're in a place in one of these episodes where I feel like I'm insane because the same person saying this is at the same time he's saying it actively trying to get people to stop coming here from America's southern border saying NYC is full that we cannot help people anymore and that the people who come here who've come here already are ruining this city okay so what advice would Dario give someone who's doing business from a small cart today the mayor asks follow your heart and second don't give up And that's it. Part of the interesting thing about the mayor's podcast is that I'm not sure anyone knows what it is. I'm not sure he knows what it is except a podcast. And it's possible he has some sort of internal definition of what a podcast is driving this whole thing that somewhat deviates from the standard concept. But podcasts are their own thing, you know, like they're, they're audio. You can make musical podcasts, but that's not an album. They're usually serialized, but they're not radio. You have a lot more freedom than program radio blocks allow. That freedom means there's a lot of podcast content that's pretty unlistenable. But on the other hand, have you put on terrestrial radio late, recently or ever tried to sit through talk radio or ever tried to sit through Boston Sports Radio, because I grew up in the Boston area. Yikes. What I'm lurching toward is that there's no reason for the mayor's podcast to be a podcast. This podcast, about his podcast, could only be a podcast No one would put this on the radio. You cannot make an album out of it. There's something only podcasts do, and that's what this podcast exploits. The mayor already has a radio show, but a local station would give him another and would let him badly interview anyone he wanted, I'm sure. But think of the freedom that comes with a podcast. You can do literally anything with audio that you want. Dan Carlin does extremely popular five hour long episodes about horrible wars. Mike Duncan does 200 episode seasons about the French revolutions. I do sorta weird comedy political analysis about other podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I work a day job where having an earbud in all day is fine and otherwise I'd be pretty bored. I've heard some really good pods that really explored the medium, what it allows, and I've heard some ones that really explored the fact that just about anyone can make one of these, but it's rare for me to hear one and ask myself why it's being made as a podcast. It's like saying you've written an opera, but there's no singing, just people on stage talking. That's a play. And one of the reasons I started this podcast was the sense that the way you do one thing is sort of the way you do everything. And so by listening to his podcast, we might get a sense of his mayoralty. And I feel like this is a pretty good episode for that, even if it's a pretty terrible episode from the standpoint of being a podcast or telling a story or giving advice or having a reason to have been released for people to listen to as a podcast. What I mean by that is... Say you have a small business and you want to learn how to scale up. Well, it seems like listening to a podcast where a guest did exactly that, going from a taco stand to a nationwide brand with locations in multiple states and a line of grocery store goods. That might be really useful. But there's no advice here except don't give up. And there's nothing we can take from this guy's story. You know, how'd you meet Danny Mayer? What do you think he saw in you? How'd you find your second location, your third? What surprised you? When did you know this would work? Say you live somewhere else and you're wondering if you should move to New York. The stories of striving and eventually making it might be inspiring to you, but there's nothing like that here either. There's just a list of stuff that happened. I'm sure there's drama in this dude's life, but he never brings it up and the mayor doesn't draw any out. How'd you wind back up in Mexico after your family moved from Mexico to Corning and raised you there? Did you not like living upstate? What was it like being of mixed Ukrainian-Mexican heritage outside of a major city? The mayor enjoys hanging out with this nice guy, asking him vague questions, and so that's what happened. The mayor enjoys being in a podcast studio, so we got a recording of it. The mayor isn't accomplishing anything with his administration because he doesn't enjoy accomplishing material improvements for the people of New York. As much as he enjoys the accomplishment of having personally become the mayor, and he sees the job of mayor as doing what the person who is the mayor personally enjoys, which is a few initiatives from the sanitation departments, giving the cops a bunch of money and toys so they can more or less stand around and play Candy Crush on their phones, staying out to all hours, having fun at various parties where people are happy to see him, declaring victory over COVID and never mentioning it again, and yelling about whichever group he decides is a good block to blame the problems of the city on. Nothing's getting done because, aside from Eric Adams's serotonin receptors, nothing's being served. It's a theory, anyway, because otherwise I literally have no idea of what he's going for here or why this podcast exists. Except, well, mentioned it on a previous episode that it might be, you know, a scam. I mean, it's probably not. Probably. Okay, so what was the mayor up to in the time between the previous episode's release on April 19th, 2023, and this episode coming out on May 10th? To research this, I lean heavily on the reporting of two fantastic New York City outlets, The City and Hellgate, both of which I support financially, and I encourage you to do so as well. Links to their websites are in the show notes. The Biden administration dropped Eric Adams as a campaign surrogate because he simply would not stop yelling that the migrant crisis in New York City was real, that it was ruining the city, and that it was the fault of the Biden administration. And for the last thing to be true, the first one has to be true, and it's simply not the case. To the extent that there's a crisis, the crisis is that Eric Adams has to figure out how to help human beings that want to be here to be here without treating them like shit, and he simply cannot do that. Eric Adams says he hears divine voices that 32 years ago told him the date he would become the mayor of New York, and also that voice is now telling him to talk about God. Weird stuff. As I mentioned at the top, this section will discuss the death of Jordan Neely. I'm going to do that now. On May 1st, Jordan Neely a 30-year-old black man, was allegedly murdered on the subway by Daniel Penny, a 24-year-old white man. Neely is described by most outlets as a homeless man, having a crisis. He entered a subway car in the midst of that crisis, which several people found scary, though there's no indication that he did anything except yell and throw his jacket on the ground. It feels insane to say that neither of those things are reasons to be killed. I suppose the content of the yelling, for example, Nazi slogans, um, which obviously he was not yelling Nazi slogans. I'm just thinking of the worst thing somebody could be yelling. I suppose the content of the yelling might get one assaulted in certain contexts that most people might even celebrate. There is no indication that Neely yelled about anything other than being hungry and upset. Daniel Penny, a 24-year-old Marine from Long Island, decided that this situation required placing Jordan Neely in a chokehold that has been reported to have lasted from 7 to 15 minutes. At some point during that time, someone on the train started filming. And, and do not feel like you have to watch that video. There are several things that happen to the body when it's dying in that situation. And while Neely... Neely's body does them. Penny does not relent in any way that I've seen. Neely died. Penny was not named by the police for days. He was interviewed and released. He was not arraigned until May 12th, 11 days after the alleged murder. He was not indicted for criminally negligent homicide and second-degree manslaughter until June 14th. He's still free, pending trial. The medical examiner ruled that Neely died of a homicide due to compression of his neck. This podcast is about Eric Adams, so among his statements, quote, there's a lot we don't know about what happened here. Quote, we cannot blanketly tell passengers what they should and should not do. Protests broke out throughout the city. The NYPD responded with their usual lack of restraint. Dozens of people, including journalists, were assaulted before being arrested. And with the exception of three, all of them had their charges tossed. Adams said that the protests were being infiltrated by agitators with Molotov cocktails, which is interesting because there were no fires lit as part of these protests. And also Daniel Penny lived on Long Island. And it's worth noting who the mayor decides to refer to as an infiltrator. Adams claimed to have reached out to Neely's family. They said they hadn't heard from him. Incredibly dark stuff, and I'm sorry to be ending this in this way, but it's what happened, what the mayor said and did not say and did and did not do. It's what the record reveals. When society makes a judgment call about whose life is important and whose isn't, we have more access than ever before to the evidence that society is doing that. More videos than ever before to parse of the person who died trying to convince us that their past behavior might have, at least, made their death less meaningful, if not deserved. More people trying to flee their own dissonance by roping you into their worldview rather than taking the evidence before them as a reason to interrogate that worldview But it's still shocking. And none of it changes the basic facts. A white man choked an unarmed black man to death. That black man had not physically harmed anyone. The white man did this publicly, was filmed doing it, and he is still free. He has raised millions of dollars for his defense, and some of the most powerful people in the country have defended his actions. And that's our episode. Um... By now, you probably know the drill, uh, so I'm just going to say that transcripts of the show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com stufftranscripts. I'd love to hear from you. You can, you can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com. Uh, my sincere thanks again to John Coyne for all his help with these episodes, and I will see you next time.